Good morning, wonderful listeners. You've tuned into Post Session Podcast, a podcast filled with the stoke of a surf session and the wise guidance of an ocean voyager. Your water-loving hosts are ready to share this infectious state of mind while encouraging and inspiring you for your next adventure. Hey, Post Session fans, Laurel here. I wanted to tell you I'm publishing, I'm self-publishing my novel, Foam, and I'm running a Kickstarter campaign to fund it. There are a ton of cool rewards, but if you're one of the first 50 people to support me at the $50 tier, you'll be entered into a drawing for three free nights at our Casa in Rincon, Puerto Rico. So all you got to do is go to kickstarter.com and look up Foam, I'll come up, or my name, Laurel, and... uh, Thank you so much. Well, hello, post-session podcast friends and fam. We are super stoked today. (laughs) (laughs) Laurel Laurel is extremely (laughs) stoked and nervous. It's so funny. I even had to to, uh, text her this morning and say, listen, when you moved, you know, you had to move the time back. We got to tell them who it is. Tell them. Oh, my gosh. You're right. We have Cassia Mater with us today, the queen of nose riding, all the way from the West Coast. She's sitting here in our recording studio. <laughs> Psych. Via Zoom. Yeah, via Zoom. <laughs> We're lucky she's here since we we screwed up the time zones a couple times trying to get this... Um, uh, this thing recorded. Ashley insists on airing our dirty laundry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just want everyone to know that this morning I did have to text Laurel and say, I don't care what time she says she can do it, schedule it. Because I'm yeah. a good friend. So I said, I know how important this is to you. Laurel. Thank you, Ashley. Well, thank you, Cassia, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Laurel and Ashley. I'm like so pumped to be on here, you know. Um, and yeah, everything and timing and flow, you know how it is. Surfing, it's all about timing. So when the time is right, you show up. And the time is right right now. And we are all in this cool virtual studio together. And I'm grateful to be here with you both. A little triangle of awesome. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I really wanted, Cassia, you to come on for was, of course, because you're awesome and your surfing um, career is speaks volumes to a lot of our listeners who who are really just beginning their surfing journey. They've they're surfing, but they want to be competitors. They want to surf professionally and. Um, I've had a number of conversations with some parents who are interested in finding out what is the best course of action and how to navigate the, the weird world of surfing for a profession. And this lady, Cassia, started surfing professionally, I think, at 14. Is that, am I... No. So, well, thank you. Um, I started surfing professionally more at like kind of 17, 18, I guess, you know, kind of more a little bit later. Um, I I got sponsored when I was 17. I started surfing when I was 14. So I actually didn't get in the water till I was 14. Um, So I grew up in the valley. So it really wasn't until that summer that I went to junior lifeguards that I got to spend the entire summer at the beach surfing and having the best time ever. 
and I was fully obsessed with it, um, as you know, and, and I just went hard. And then that next summer, I started getting dropped off over at uh, First Point Malibu, and that's kind of where my summer there began. And, and then I went to Costa Rica and then Australia. And in Australia is when, you know, kind of Donald Takayama and Jeff Hackman were looking at me and they were like, oh, wow, like she can surf, you know, like, <laughs> and Donald was kind of like, hey, if I get her a surfboard, Jeff, you know, like, will you, you know, put her in front of the people over at Roxy? And then I, you know, got a board from Donald, which was my big super dream wow. and went and won the Roxy contest up at C Street. And they came up to me at that point. It was um, Kenna Bartell and Randy Hild, who, you know, he was a VP of Roxy forever. And he's just such an awesome human. And they were like, you want to be on the team? And I was like over the moon. So that was like when I was like 17 years old. And yeah, you didn't say no. Uh, let yeah, me think about it. I was it. super excited, you know, and, and it's like small beginnings, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month here and there. And they were right like, here. we'll take you on trips. And I'm like, cool, it's yeah. gas money. I mean, gas money back then went a long way, you know, for $20, yeah. I could go for a long time. So, yeah. you know, and I still had a day job. I was working at a, at a retail store in Malibu and babysitting and doing everything mm -hmm. else I could, you know, I, I was just so stoked to be able to start traveling. And so they took me on my first big trip and that was a boat trip to the Maldives. And that was what I did instead of going to my senior prom. Way better. Oh, well, let me tell you what you missed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was super awesome. Yeah. I was definitely not worried about it. Yeah. That is so wonderful. Don't you miss sometimes those simple days of hustle? Oh, yeah. I mean, I hustle every day still. <laughs> every day I'm hustling, you know? But it's you like might. in this world, it's a wild time. But you're probably not living off Twinkies anymore. No Twinkies, definitely. <laughs> I have like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, uh, you know, I, I still do a lot of potatoes, a lot of sweet potatoes. That said, you know, there's a quinoa bowl and some other stuff. I yeah, definitely right. have like, you know, avocado and, and some good greens in there, you know. Boom, done. Yeah, totally, mm -hmm. totally. So, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I hear you. For me, it was never really like, I was like, I'm going to be a pro surfer. That was never on my mind. Right. I was just so fired up about surfing. You I was obsessed. You were just riding the wave. <laughs> Truly. Nailed the Truly. pun. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, um, okay, uh, off topic. I did just watch Valley Girl again the other night. So I don't know if you've seen that movie. Probably. Can you relate? Yeah. Um, totally. So we love to go back and watch 80s movies, Don and I. <clears throat> um, so the first part of our podcast is post-session notes. So, I mean, that's basically what you did in the water today. So I'm going to start us off because my story would really, it already sucks. And it would really suck after Cassie. So I'm going to go ahead okay. and spill the beans. We didn't have any waves. You I, went today, though. I went today okay. and it was... The low tide blues, the sandbars, super janky, and I rode, like, you know, the fins hitting the sand. Actually, I got a little teeny barrel right there before my fin hit the sand. Aren't you just supposed to body surf when it's like that? Yeah, you're not supposed to surf. But desperate times, whatever. But, okay, how about you, Ashley? Well, I, Cassia, am embarrassed to disclose that I'm not a huge surfer. 
Um, She's a new surfer. Yeah, new cool. surfer. That. But I live up on the Cape Fear River with my family, and um, it's a little drive from the beach. It's not obnoxious, but sometimes with a four and an eight year old, we're not getting up at you know five a.m. to make it to the beach on time. So what we've been doing lately is scurfing. Scurfing. We've been doing a lot of scurfing. Have you guys done this scurfing? No. Um. Well, Ren just delivered this big boat, and it's sitting right in front of our house right now. Okay. It's just sitting there. It's, I don't know this A triple yacht? engine thing. Yeah, some big crazy. Anyway, so we uh, tie a line to it, and we take turns. The kids and and Ren and me, and we take turns on different boards, making this huge wake, and surfing on it. And How come I haven't been invited? You're invited. Okay. Um, it, it, but it's extremely tiring because the boat's real strong, so your arms get tired and, and and stuff like that. And the kids like the John boat better, and they like the bigger boards. But we invited Pete Veely, uh-huh. uh huh, a local surfer here, a local surfer here, <laughs> and it was fun to have him do some scurfing on the river and trying to. So wait, surfing jump. and what combined? What's the K? I thought it was a C. Oh, okay. What's the C? I don't know. What is, what is it, Cassia? I mean, I don't know, but I think it's like like surfing and wakeboarding. Okay, so maybe Scurf. it's the K. It's like from the wake. wake from yeah. It's probably yeah. A K. Maybe the 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 K from the wake. Yeah. yeah. Scurf. Well, thanks for cracking that code because I was just gonna let it go. Yeah. No, then that's so much fun. I mean, actually, one of my friends here, Chad Marshall, he spends a lot of time up at uh, Big Bear lake with his family mm. he's an amazing surfer one of the brothers marshall that's always out at malibu when it's good when it's not good just he's always out there um mostly when it's good and he spends a lot of time scurfing up on the lake you know behind the boat up in uh big bear and it's a big thing i think it's cool because it gets you like familiar if you're a newer surfer ashley mm-hmm. um that's it sounds like because obviously your background is swimming from what i understand diving swimming being yep. in the pool um you know like being a newer kind of like person in the ocean water or lake water i guess like the surfing component not a diving board you know you're standing on a different board um, but people love it. And it's a cool way to work on your footwork and balance and placement. Well, I, I do like it because it's very controlled. It's easier. You don't have to read waves. Yeah. You just have to navigate them. But I'm not a, I'm not a diver. Uh, um, dive board diver. Dive board diver. I'm a free diver. Oh, free like diver. Epic. Breath hold dive in the ocean person. Amazing. For some reason, I thought you were a, a dive board diver, a free diver. Incredible. Yeah, but that's cooler, right? <laughs> I love it. cool. Free diving is incredible. I've seen some cool free diving videos that I'm like obsessed with. It free is so awesome. Free diving is kind of surfing's sibling. Yeah. You know, they translate. People that surf oftentimes enjoy free diving also and, and vice versa. Yeah, totally. So many people are. And and that's so beautiful. That's Ocean what's sports. up. You travel yeah. a lot of places that you could free dive too, Oh, right? Yeah. Totally. The mall dives for free diving. Yeah. Are you kidding me? One of the best dive destinations ever, period. Yeah. Forget it. From what I know, from my like, you know, kind of like, I don't know that much, obviously. That said, um, and I've I've gone free diving there. I'm definitely no pro and I definitely could hold my breath longer, I wish. And working on it and kind of going through mm-hmm. that flow, there's just a lot of like trust and letting go and just so cool free diving. Beautiful. It's, you know what? It's 
like surfing, I'm sure it's equal parts technique. I mean, there's like some serious technique. It can be taught. You know, you could teach me to 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 ride a, a board and, and make some major improvements. Spending a little time with you, probably. <laughs> it's like that. You got to have. You do have to let go, though. Yeah, there's a major mental component. That's huge, though. I think that's the biggest yeah hurdle. Whereas with surfing, it's I think it's technique is the bigger hurdle. Mm. For some. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. Well, Cassia, tell us your post-session notes for the day. Yeah, it better be better than scurfing. Well, um, yeah, my post-session notes were that I just got back in town. I was with my friend Leah Dawson teaching some workshops in New York. So I know what you mean about no waves over on the East Coast and that kind of region of, you know, uh, mm. this North American continent, <laughs> you know, all the waves are firing on the West Coast right now because we have a, pretty much a double swell. We have a hurricane swell and a long period swell. Wow. So that's incredible. It's like a double whammy of radness. And so thank you for pushing the podcast back because we frothed out, woke up at 430 this morning, went to the beach and, you know, surfed until like we couldn't actually, I couldn't see anymore. And I had a headache and I was like, we got to get out of the water. We did take a break at one point and go out to the end of the pier and get a coffee just to oh, refuel yes. around nine thirty. Yeah. It was so important. You rehydrated with a cappuccino or <laughs> we totally rehydrated with a cappuccino and just got that view from the pier. You know, when you were in Malibu, yes. like how beautiful that view yes. is from the pier. It's yes. like so nice, especially when it's bigger and it's yeah. pumping because yeah. you can really see the point in such a different way so we had that and gosh the surf was just one of those days where it was like aquamarine so beautiful not a breath of wind everybody was hooting and hollering everybody told me how i missed the last two days oh it was so much bigger oh you missed the last two days where were you blah 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 (laughs) they also did tell me but today's better the crowd's mellower yesterday was crazy there's way less people there's it's um you know and i'm like right on like yeah you should have just on time (laughs) totally i'm like that's my vibe what's up and i love watching the sunrise from the beach i'm kind of like i used to be in a midday late afternoon kind of sunset person and it's not that I don't love a sunset there's just something about kind of like those misty mornings and you're driving in the dark and it's kind of blue light and everything starts to wake up and feeling fresh so it was it was gorgeous well you're in you're 82 right 82 me too and you're yeah yeah what are you talking about not that much older But a little bit older. I don't know if you find this, but um, you know, as you age, it's easier to get up in the morning. The mm. drive to get up, you know, the reward is is greater, and it's easier to kind of go to bed early. And yeah, it's better, <laughs> mo better. It is much more better. And and two, it's just like it's fun and it's worth it. You know, like all the groms show up like midday. They yeah. kind of start like trickling in around 11 a.m. And you've already had maybe like two serves. Yeah. You're yeah. like, cool, have it, y'all. <laughs> it's all yours. We're done. At 11, yeah. I feel like my day's over. I'm like, well, that's it. Put in a good one. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. Wait, how big was it? It was, it was good. It was quite a bit overhead on the sets, you know, quite a bit overhead on the sets. Like I would say it was probably like four to six feet, you know, like a few, a few feet over my head on a couple, you know, and some pretty bomb sets, like, you know, solid, like definitely solid. 
And so I, because I only saw it, it was probably at the most hip high when yeah. I was there. So when it's that big, does it go more hollow or is it, uh, what? There was some hollow moments, definitely. There was this like kind of double up section that was like going pretty quickly. And there was like almost some little kind of like tubey moments. And it was just stunning out there. It was really nice. And, you know, it's still Malibu. It's a softer wave. It's such a big open canvas. That said, there was a couple just on the right tide, some kind of like double up drainers that there was a few... A few little kind of tuby moments to be had. Some sh- shampoo sections. I guess I am glad you shared your story first. <laughs> right. That'd be lame. After, after Cassie's after like, well, well, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> well, um, so when are we going to get to see the footage that you shot today? Just... Probably in a couple days. My friend Matt will put together a cool little cute edit. And he did get run over, though, at one point today. So that was a bummer. He was getting some good clips and everything was starting to happen. And then somebody ran him over. And um, and so he kind of had to get out of the water at one point. I had to help him get out, get out of his wetsuit, get his camera out of the thing. He's fine. He's going to shoot tomorrow a little bit from the beach. Leo won't be there. Um that said, yeah, hopefully pretty soon. He wasn't able to get all of it, you know? That yeah. said, he got, like, some of the first morning light stuff that was really beautiful. He got the good stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he got some great stuff, yeah. for sure. You know, there was he was out there for a couple hours before that happened, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bummer. And then the waves were too good, and there was a bunch of different people shooting and stuff, so who knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, okay. how that's all going to come out. But what we got this morning was cool, so he's putting together a cool little edit of Leah and I. Nice, because you yeah. do um, – she does – her and Leah do these trips that you would go and get, like – coaching from them oh, i read all about the trips oh, okay <laughs> i did my homework yeah right gotcha. on i, I got gotcha. you it. it's fun it's super fun and leah's so rad and she wears my wetsuits that i make and we've been friends for like gosh so many years like 22 23 years we've been really good friends since oh, we were wow. kids so you know it's really nice to be able to work and co-create with someone that i mean between the two of us we have like over 50 years experience in the ocean and surfing wow. She's yes. been surfing for longer than me because she started when she was three. And is she from Malibu or that area as well? Or She grew up in Florida. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, she's from Florida. Yeah, she was like a, when I met her, she was on the shortboard QS tour. And then she started hanging out with all of us and we were just at longboard waves all the time. And she's like, I got to start riding a longboard because I'm not catching many waves with y'all. So. <laughs> And then, you know, she went and lived in Hawaii for, she still lives partly on the North Shore, but she went to college out there. So, but we would always connect and surf contests and whenever she was out here, you know, so we've had a very long friendship that said we never grew up together. Mm-hmm. But just when you meet people and they're like your soul family, that, you know, she's like my sister from another mister. And then we're able to co-create these retreats together and hold space with people, which is really special. I can relate. It's like that with the freediving family because everyone's international. So when you do mm-hmm. meet up at a comp or something or a training event, it's, it's a reunion. Oh, yeah, nice. you pass the kids around. Well, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Give kisses. It's fun. Super fun. Super cool. Yeah, it's definitely like a big familial type feeling, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really awesome. Super special for sure. I think you should 
uh, move on to the injustice of the week. Is it time? It's time. I'm going to move on. Do you know about the injustice of the week? Let's get injustice. Let's talk about it. You, you know? got you got one you want to serve up to us? An injustice of the week. An injustice of the week. You know, I mean, it's basically like what I experienced. I mean, Malibu is pretty wild to watch the injustices, you know, go down in the water. Like mm. Leah was on an amazing first wave this morning and it was her first wave of the day and somebody mm. just dropped in on her so hard. And it was somebody I know. And then he apologized later and, you know, he didn't really, and you know, he didn't really look to mm-hmm. see who was going. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those burns that was such a burn that they were like right there. It's not like, hey, he dropped in ahead. Like, is she going to make it? And then, oh, she made it and flicked out. He was like, dropped straight in on her, you know? And so, and really just blew the wave for her. And she was so bummed. And, you know, I think like that kind of stuff and just witnessing that, you know, that kind of like that accountability for like it's it's a lack of accountability and he actually came up and apologized but it's just like i see it all the time it's just like lack of awareness or like kind of like some some entitlement stuff that goes on Mm. like oh if it's breaking it's my wave if it's doing this it's my wave and just not honoring the other people in the lineup and the fact that everybody's out there to do the best they can sometimes we drop drop in on each other sometimes things happen you apologize you say something like you honor that you know that said, at least he kind of brought it back, but, um, you know, it's, you thought uh, it was a little more flagrant than. Yeah. Accidental. And it's just a bummer. Cause you're like, yo, just cause it's breaking. Doesn't mean it's your wave. Wait your turn. Well, just wait I, your turn. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, can I, I gotta, I yeah. was going to ask you the guy that was, because our friend Peter McGuire, who we've interviewed here, he's also from California, started surfing out there as a kid, you know, and grew up in that culture. And he kind of lamented about the territoriality and the the negative attitude that kind of pervades um, the culture out there compared to East Coast, where I think it's a, I don't want to use the word civil, because that sounds super derogatory. But, you know, in the South, it's maybe more polite or less territorial. It's changing. (laughs) Maybe it's changing. And I think it's but, just because it's getting more crowded. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I was curious and I'm glad you brought that up as the injustice because she's at a wave or Malibu is this wave that's always breaking the same direction. There's no chance of, oh, let's share the wave. I'm going left. You're going right. Everybody's going right. Mm-hmm. And so, which is nice in one sense, because you, you only have to look one way <laughs> to see if somebody's coming. But that's it. Yeah, all you have to do is look left. Yeah, but so you that... got to look left, but there's not a lot of opportunity. You can't really share the wave there. And I imagine, I mean, that's one of the most world-renowned right point breaks there are. And so, I, you know, we were blessed during Queen of the Point that they, they shut off the whole thing and you got to surf with just a few people. But I had visited one time before and... My husband got shoved off a wave and he probably didn't look or didn't look quick enough or whatever. But, you know, it's crowded. But that makes Cassia's injustice worse because if you're only having to look in one direction, everybody (laughs) knows what's going on. 
Yeah, yeah, everybody knows what's going on. And she's a great surfer and she was coming down the line fast, you know, really so hurt. it's also yeah. like, hey, you know, sometimes you give it a look, there is a weird double up section, you know, somebody's not going to make it. Or I actually got a really great wave today with my good friend, Ben Skinner, that I've known since I was a kid. He rode for Quicksilver. I rode for Roxy. He lives over in England. So he's in town for um, the WSL event at uh, um, the US Open. We got a wave today and we did like four really amazing crossovers on like quite a solid overhead wave. Like there's a lot of people that I love sharing waves with out there. You know, me and Leah try to share waves. Like there's friends out there that you do it for fun. Right. That said, you know, just having consent. Hey, let's share this wave together. (laughs) Not just like a straight fady burn. And the guy felt so bad. He came up to me to be like, I burned your friend. I'm so sorry. Well, at least you there know. was that. <laughs> so he he tried to make amends because then she got a hooter early, uh, like later. She got away from up the point all the way. And everybody was so bummed that she got burned that I started screaming. Everybody started screaming. So nobody would go on her. Yeah. You know, yeah. and she just got one from the top all the way in. And it was epic. So I think well, he also felt a little embarrassed. Like, oh, my gosh, I just burned probably one of the best surfers out here, period. And what's up? Oops. Well, people make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He felt so at small. least he as honored he it. He felt small. Well, he. <laughs> Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's the thing, right? Like we all make mistakes. We're human. One of the women out there who's a sweet woman, she came up to me. She's like, so I have a question. And, you know, it was kind of like she dropped in on somebody and she was like, well, like I caught it earlier. And it's like, yeah, you did. And you're on like a bigger long board and, you know, they're on a short board. So they're going to be inside more. And, you know, it's also like you you're talking about it right now. It's not like you meant to. It just kind of happened in that moment. She's such a sweet woman. And, you know, I think that that's the thing is just like acknowledging it. There's a lot of people out there. There's only so many waves coming through. You know, she was like doing the best she could. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like sometimes it's accidental that said people come to the beach and they just see people going in front of each other. So they think and they say I've heard it a million times. Well, that's Malibu. Everybody goes together. That's that's kind of what it looks like a little bit, you know? So for somebody who doesn't know, it just kind of looks like that. And it's actually quite dangerous. It was a girl that got run over by two stand-up paddlers who dropped in on each other. I mean, it's also like just wild stuff happens out there that you're like, whoa. And I've been hurt out there pretty severely, ended up in the urgent care, like, you know, um, so and yeah so it's it's also dangerous so it's like we can only be as mindful as we can be and we all make mistakes and accidents happen and we're doing the best we can it's just about acknowledging it and i think that it goes back to acknowledgement you know so um and just owning it like hey i'm sorry i burned you on yes yes. i burned some dude on one i didn't think he was making it and then he made it and i flicked out and he paddled out later i'm like hey sorry about that i didn't think you were making it i actually don't know how you held on to it because i didn't actually know how he held on to it it was crazy (laughs) it was like you know all over the place yeah and he just appreciated that so i think that that's the thing kind of goes back to just kind of like honoring each other and just like being a nice person yeah. yeah. And just like knowing that we're human and we make mistakes, like, oh, sorry about that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Be you quick know? to if apologize. If you see on one, you go on one, not two, just one. Like we could kind of like make amends <laughs> here, you know? And also, that said, I think that goes a long way. 
I think it you got to keep perspective too. I mean, you see it in all kinds of things where people get worked up about this or that or the other thing. And uh, for instance, we're doing these free diving classes and people are trying to hold the, their breath as long as they can at one part of the class. And it's very stressful for people. So I try to remind them, this isn't going to pay your bills, guys. <laughs> this isn't, uh, you know, giving birth to your first child. This isn't a marriage proposal. This is just free diving. <laughs> it's fun. It's an activity. It's extracurricular. It's pretty nerdy when you think about it. So lighten up and do your best. Don't be worrying about it a whole bunch. <laughs> That's a true and perfect statement. There's no reason to ever get in a fight, you know, like sometimes somebody might burn you and they might hurt you. It's just about acknowledging it and just like, hey, and taking ownership and like apologizing, you know, that goes such a long way. Having humility. Mm. Humility is such a big thing, you know, and I think idea. that's like like whatever, you know, like it all goes on. At the end of the day, people are riding pieces of foam in the water. Like yeah, really yeah, what is yeah, there yeah, to take exactly. serious about that? You're on a piece of foam and that's who was, you know, a fight in the water today. And these, you know, grown men were going at each other, like uh, little kids. And I'm yeah. like, what are you, what's, what's going on over here? Like, really? Like, it's a bummer. Like, we don't need to have that. Like, right. somebody made a mistake, apologize. Like, we don't need to get into that kind of, like, ego thrill. You know, and some people do. And well, is there an actual taking turns at Malibu? Like, if, you know, if you're, say you just got a wave and you're paddling back out towards the point, is, I mean, there seems like there's so many people there. Is there an actual way to wait your turn? I mean, yeah, just by doing it yourself, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to wait my turn as much as possible. I let a couple waves go, sit out yeah. there. Okay, cool. If one comes and, you know, there was a while today where I didn't catch a wave for a long, long time, like maybe a good 45 minutes. I just couldn't get one. Mm -hmm. And people were paddling past me and going and it wasn't chill, but I wasn't going to go on them, you know? Right. So a little bit like you can do the best you can to kind of yes. set that pace and, and just look at people and have them know that you're doing the best you can and... And then it's also like wild and, you know, the best waves I get out at Malibu, to be quite honest, are waves that people don't make, yeah. um, you know, and Picking then sometimes I'll get out the point, you know, or that's why I go at five in the morning, I'll get a bomb out the point and then I'm so fired up, I'll hoot and people know that I'm on it. That said, like, I'm kind of sometimes like, you know, you pick your zones and, you know, you do the best you can to honor everyone out there. And I think because I'm respectful, you know, people Notice are more that. respectful of me. Well, absolutely. we do, absolutely. We do teach people how to treat us. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, I so like I, I just a little bit live that way, you know, like on land in the water. And I think that it's helpful. And um, yeah, you know, I really think it's helpful. And then we do the best we can and we all make mistakes because we're human. And that's part of well, it. Well, I'm working on that, Cassio. <laughs> <laughs> She's working towards perfection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's uh let's dive deeper. I know you have some questions. Yeah, I think we both do. Um, yeah, I do too. So I was hoping after talking to a sweet mom and her daughter that were at a contest recently, and she was saying how because her daughter's a longboarder and not really a shortboarder, where shortboarding seems to have a pretty specific progression into professional surfing, like hitting these contests that qualify you for the next contest and the next contest, 
um, longboarding, there there's those divisions in the contest, but a lot of times, once you reach a certain level, then there's you've got your professional contests, but or but you're traveling to those contests, spending the money to get to those contests and compete in those contests, and then many that you've mentioned a couple actually already are invitationals and like duct tape or um mexi log fest that um you may or may not get invited to and we had a sweet little what she was 13 sky Sky steinmetz yeah yeah yeah. so she short boards and long boards but i mean i think about these young ladies that are getting ready to come into this world this was a 17 year old uh young lady and her mom that i was speaking with and she did get invited to the Mexi Log Fest, but then, you know, due to, I think it was an illness or whatever, really didn't go to some of the parties that she, the mom was like, they're pretty much expected to go to. And by the end, you know, she was still able to compete, but at the end, she was feeling better and felt the need to make sure she left an impression on the, I guess, the fella who runs this contest so that she would get invited back. And, God, as I heard that story, my heart just went out to them, and I couldn't help but think of the young girls that we Mm -hmm. have here that are getting ready to go on this kind of path, thinking, it can't be that. You know, that, that can't be the what they have ahead of them, you know, or, or what would be, is there a better way or, you know, what would be maybe some advice that you could, from your years of experience, maybe give to a mom and daughter, maybe that are navigating this journey at 17? Well, so thank you for bringing all that up. And it's a lot, you know, it's surfing in a lot of ways as a sport is in its infancy, truly. Right. Mm -hmm. I think like the first ever professional event was in the 70s or 80s, like late 70s, early 80s. That was like professional and there was money and there was barely enough money to rub two sticks together. And then all these kind of companies started coming in. And for women, it really wasn't until like kind of like, you know, Ralsan and, and some of these early pioneers were starting to surf contests with the guys they put them out there with the guys and they put them in like crazy huge surf at sunset and the women were ripping they didn't really have a venue for that you know and then taking you now to kind of like okay you know then the lisa anderson generation women were actually starting to make a living because those women weren't making a living surfing right they were still working other jobs right? right so then the lisa anderson generation maybe there was like a handful or two handfuls of women that were making a living you know mm-hmm. um my point being, and now there's more people making a living, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to shortboarding. With longboarding, there's not as many people making a living. Right. You know, I was one of the first female longboarders, specifically when it was more kind of diversified between longboarding and shortboarding, to make a living surfing. And it was a very like humble and modest living that said I was grateful to do it. And I really wanted to do what I could to pave the way for the next generation. So we did the Roxy contest. And at one point we had the only ASP sanctioned event and there was like $10,000 in it in France. And we were trying to do it because we were trying to like get the next generation going. And at that time, the men didn't even have anything ASP wise. 
And then shortly after that, um, Joel started his duct tapes, which were cool. Again, those are invite and they're amazing. Like the duct tapes are incredible because it's also showing logging because yeah. the ASP was still a little bit more, you know? So that being said, that's just like a little background on it all. Yeah. You know, and now there's all these invitationals and stuff like that going on. When people kind of come to talk to me about it and, and ask, you know, I mean, there's so many women that try to make the shortboard tour, you know, and, and there's no space to make a living. Right. You know, and a lot, a lot of those women actually like go on, you know, there's more and more now with the shortboard tour go on to become big wave surfers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of the old longboarders that really wanted to do something become big wave surfers like Justine Dupont. We used to surf those ASP events that we did with Roxy in France all those years ago. She was always showing up, but that was it. It was like a one hit one. You know, that was one event, but I really feel like it paved the way. And through that event, a lot more women started longboarding because it was something to look forward to. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a delicate dance because there's only so many companies within the surf industry. There. There's only so much money circulating within the surf industry. There's really kind of like, and a lot of that is geared more towards, you know, the men get the most than the women. Mm -hmm. um, And that's shortboard. And then longboard, it's starting to happen. And really there's not that much. There's maybe, you know, a handful of women just competing, making a living off of sponsors, period. You know, so, so really that's where it's at. And we want it to grow, you know, like Joel's now bringing the women on for the duct tape. So that's more of a venue now. So there's a reason for sponsors to get behind more women longboarding, you know, Mm -hmm. so now things are starting to change in the last few years, you know, Joel started bringing in, you know, Joel and Vans and the duct tape. It's so awesome that they're bringing men and women, you know, so they have that venue. There's obviously the Mexi Log Fest venue, men and women, you know, equal Mm -hmm. prize purses. And now the WSL is really kind of trying to focus. It seems like on doing a tour from what I hear. I don't really, you know, I'm kind of like outside of all that. Mm -hmm. That said, um, you know, it seems like there's like momentum. Mm-hmm. an actual momentum coming from different sides, the invitational, more kind of loggy side, as well as the more kind of like, you know, progressive side with the WSL. So it seems like there's momentum and yeah. like true momentum that's been more than just like a couple times in both fields for men and women for longboarding. That being said, like when it comes into like the pool that there is yeah. of Small. resources, it's limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes back to, I'm really excited that there's more opportunity. Mm -hmm. And why are you surfing? Right. Going back to that. And that's Mm -hmm. why I invite people, you know, because a lot of kids come up to me and I want to support them. Mm -hmm. And I just tell them, have as much fun as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Make surfing yours. Don't put too much pressure on yourself or anything to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Enjoy what it's really about. Mm-hmm. And that's surfing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna change your life being a surfer. And then if some things work out, now kids have these tools, they have social media. It's a tool to market themselves. Contest is like one direction. There's so many free surfers mm-hmm. that have made themselves 
an entire, like Leah Dawson is a perfect example. I was, I didn't really have contests. I tried to help make them, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, getting photos and doing film parts. And now people have way more access to that. Be creative, Mm -hmm, you know, get into film, get into photography, work with your friends, support each other, create collectives. Look at the log wrap kids, you know, it's like again, the log wrap. Yeah, log wrap kids. Like there's a whole crew of these kids and they're filming each other and they're surfing and there's it's so awesome and they have a whole vibe and it's like really interesting and exp- inspiring for longboarding and they've created an entire vehicle and venue for them to show their stuff. So I think like, you know, keep it multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Don't well, just think that contest is the way. Contest was never the way for me. Like, it's not the way. There's mm-hmm. so many ways. Mm. Yeah, there's something to be said about diversifying. Well, that's what I think of you, Cassia, with, like, creating your surf line. I mean, that's another way to take your experience and your love of the ocean and what you love to do and produce another um, stream of income. Well, And also it sounds like, you know, kind of to summarize for these younger kids, there, there is a way to do this professionally, but, um, maybe the way is not so direct because longboarding Mm -hmm. as a profession is in its infancy still. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what you're saying. And, And this generation has to be a part of the growth, um, uh, part of the, the growth building, path. The yeah, they're still in the building stage. They have to help lay the bricks, mm-hmm. uh, not just walk a walk a straight line. And they can do that by... carpet. Right. <laughs> they can do that by engaging uh, some of the advantages that they do have, which is all the social media and stuff like that. So it's positive and negative. Well, well and I don't think anything's positive or negative so much as that it is what it is and everything's possible because we exist, you know? So I think when it comes to that, so I think, um, I think, you know, everything's possible because we exist. So limiting yourself to any sort of limiting linear trajectory, right? You know, it's like, we're multidimensional. Like, first of all, going back to like your heart and what is inspiring you Mm -hmm. to be in the ocean. Do you love surfing so much? You know, what does it inspire in you? Does it inspire your creativity? Does it inspire you to write? Does it inspire you to film? Does it inspire you to design? Like, what yes, are all yes, these things? Yes. And because it's in in its infancy too, everything's possible. Mm. You know, if like, like be more multidimensional with mm. it. You know, I have a young kid here that's been asking me forever about like, but then I want to go to college and la la. I'm like, go to college. Yeah. What do you (laughs) mean? You know, it's like, that wasn't my path. And my path wasn't like, you know, somebody else's path and their path wasn't like somebody, you know what I mean? It's like, we all have these different paths, you know, like we didn't really have like, yeah, we had those Roxy events and we had a couple things and and stuff like this, but I was never, I'm not a competitive person. I've never have been. I did contests and events because I was trying to help grow the sport at one point in time. And I was trying to help build it because I felt like I had an opportunity and people were asking me and I wanted to grow it with my friends and la 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 and my community. That being said, like it, it's, yeah, it's like at the end of the day, when it comes to competition, only one person walks away getting what they want. (laughs) No, that's true. That's true. Out of of a sea of however many. And that when you, when you're talking to the kid that's 
confused about college, I feel bad for that kid because I remember being that person. You know, you, you remember what it was like when you're young and there is no direction <laughs> and you're trying to find it. And But when you're older and you have more of a long view, you realize that life is it's a curvy road. It's fluid. It's very fluid. <laughs> doors open, doors close. You walk through some. Things happen that you never would have imagined. And you can't, it's really hard to impart that to somebody with zero life experience. You know, they have to learn it on their own. Totally. They do. And that's also part of life. It's mm-hmm. like, we don't know where we're going. We only can look back and see where we've been. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think it's really important to follow your heart. And that's why I keep on going back to like, what is inspiring you? What is that pull? Like if we can really tune into our instincts and remember our instincts and our intuition is always going to lead us into the right direction if we listen to it. And everybody has an opinion Mm -hmm. on what we all should and shouldn't do. And there's, um, you know, there's there's, um, unlimited ways to get there. Mm -hmm. And each person has their own unique journey. One thing when I was reading some articles and this and that, because, you know, Laurel came into this already knowing who you were and who you are and uh, having the wetsuit and fangirl. Fangirl. But as a, a surfer in her infancy and, you know, all this stuff, I had to like do a little research and make sure I didn't... Uh, Make an idiot of myself, yeah. (laughs) Embarrass her. But anyway, I read some articles and things, and one thing that that attracted me to your story is that um, to be a quote-unquote professional athlete, depending on how you want to define yourself, I found that you are fairly multifaceted compared to a lot of athletes that I talk to. Like in in the freediving world, to, you know, some of the people at the top especially are just really, um, monodimensional, mm-hmm. unidimensional. I don't know. They're very singular. And I always felt uh, in my sphere as a, a sphere of a free diver in my sphere of influence that I was kind of a phony because I didn't feel that way. I felt like if I couldn't free dive tomorrow for the rest of my life, I would still be okay. I love it. But there's so many other things that that help define me. And I'm not saying you feel that way about surfing because you obviously love it. But you're also doing you know, classes and the surf line and, you know, have some kind of life philosophy that might extend past just catching the next wave, which I thought was pretty cool. Right on. And yeah, I totally hear you. It's like, it's always kind of like, I always definitely was like, wow, what would it be like to be just focused on one thing? Actually, where could I take it if I was only just focused on one thing? Even when I was really surfing professionally, you know, um, and the only reason I would say it's professionally, I never really felt like I was an athlete. I just love surfing. Mm-hmm. Surfing is my lifestyle. So I always felt that, you know, I wasn't training. I wasn't doing the stuff. I didn't have like video feedback or coaches or anything like that. I was just surfing. It was a lifestyle. That's just what I wanted to do. And I was so grateful to be able to do it. So there was this kind of like artistry in the way I was living through it. And it was really who I am. And it is who I am as a person, a surfer. That's how I feel. 
Like, and it's not like it defines me as like one thing, you know, like I'm a surfer. It's just like the way I live life. Like I try and organize everything in my life around the ocean. And there was years that I didn't, you know, um, that, that being said, like the beach, like being in nature, being like in this community and like the culture of it. And like, you know, kind of like creativity and like what it inspires, I think is so beautiful. And I, I was always like, wow. And I would also love to be just focused on one thing. And I wonder what it would be like. And that's also not who I am. That's not innately me. Like photography, I was shooting photos for Roxy when I was riding with them before I started my own thing. I was designing wetsuits for them. I was helping them with their ad campaigns. I was doing so much more than just surfing because that's what kept me going. It was what was fun and inspiring. And then for them, they had people that were actually in it so deeply, helping them to create this stuff when I was there, you know, that it made it even that much more pure, you know? So for me, that was my path. And again, I honor people that can have that, you know, single pointed focus on something. And it's also not who I am. You know, so I just like always invite people to really embrace who you are. And sometimes it's easy to like, look at somebody else and be like, gosh, why am I not focused like that? Why am I not like this? You know? And also like, you're just a multidimensional creature. You love free diving and it doesn't define you in like a singular way. It is part of who you are. And, and I'm sure it inspires other things in your life, you know, just like surfing has inspired mine and Laurel and everything else, you know, it's like I'll surf forever. You know, I'm, I'm, I love it. And there was years of my life that I was a little like disenchanted with it and, you know, kind of got burnt out to be quite honest, you know, when I was kind of more part of the machine of surfing, like, right. and I had to just dip out and leave it all and start my own company because I was just like a little, you know, I don't, yeah, just disenchanted, you know, well, I felt like there was more to do. It makes sense. First of all, that you would go through a, an ebb and flow experience because nothing in life operates outside of that kind of rule. Things go down, things go up, things go back down, things go back up. So it's, it's fine. And I will also want to mention that when you were at Roxy, you never created a bathing suit that fit me. Oh, I never designed bathing suits. I only designed the wetsuits. That explains a lot because those suckers are never, I, as, as a 14-year-old female, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I was telling Ashley before our um, podcast how much I love the wetsuit that I got that Cassie's, Cassie has created. Oh, and she so loves it. Yeah. I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit about the things that you're doing now and that you're excited about. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I am making bathing suits, so I'd love to send you one yeah. to try out, Ashley, to tell me what you think, you know, cause I want to make some for women that stay on. I'm just going to do a simple one piece and then like a sports yes. bra top with like a classic bottom bikini bottom. I actually have to drive downtown to the swim factory tomorrow and drop off the sew samples and make sure everything's good to go. Um, Freaking thank said, you. You hit the nail yeah. on the head, a bathing suit that stays on. I'm going to play in the water. I want to play, you know, and, and yes. one pieces I love. So, so I'm excited to do these things. Um, you know, I never designed swim before. I was always about wetsuits because, you know, wetsuits are a utilitarian piece. We need them in the water. Well, you you're know? on the West Coast, so it's always 
you know, yeah, cold. that's it, you know, so it's, it's cold and it's a utility piece and it's important. And I spend the majority of my time in a wetsuit. And even when it's warmer, I like to wear a wetsuit just mm-hmm. because like, it keeps me a little safer to be Brilliant. honest from the board and the rocks. from everything sun, you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, sun is great. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, that being said, you know, love that we're going to be doing that soon. I'm going to make some soft goods, which it's really exciting. You know, I just want to continue to grow Cassia Surf in a sustainable way, meaning that it's sustainable for me and my lifestyle. So I'm not working like a crazy person all the time because I tend to do that. So I'm trying to invite in more support to make it more sustainable because um, right now it's just me and I have a couple of people that help me out a few hours here and there from time to time. It's wow. like a lot of independent contractor stuff. And finally I got into a warehouse. So now they're shipping and fulfilling all orders where I was doing it all before. So that was oh a lot. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. ma'am. And customer service. And so now it's like, I'm starting to bring in more help, more support, you know, um, have a team of people trying to help me with like marketing. Cause like, I don't speak computer. I'm not good at Instagram. It's all those things, you know, it's just not my world. I'm like more of a tactile person that said, I'm, excited and and inspired to bring in more support because I really think it can grow in a sustainable way and do more good for the planet as well as support this awesome growing, you know, uh, collective of women entering the water at whatever phase in their life, you know, really to support women. You know, there's a bunch of those companies out there supporting the youth market. Cool. I'm 40 years old. I want something that supports me and I want better quality. And, you know, if I'm making it for me, then maybe it'll inspire other women my age or even a little younger and and older too. And then I want to support people on their surfing journey. Surfing is so empowering. As a 40 year old woman, I just want something that supports the boobs, the top after (laughs) breastfeeding two kids. That's it, you know, and that's it. And like, Supporting you in the water, giving you the tools you need, giving, you know, some of my experience that can support people in like having like a kind of more vertical learning curve because it takes a long time and it's hard out there and the water is more crowded. There's more people on the planet. There's all these things. And I want to support people. I want to, I'm inspired by creating community. I'm inspired by expanding that community. I'm inspired when people come up to our surf retreats and, or maybe they get a wetsuit from us and I hear from them that they like it. I'm like, cool, I'm going to keep going. So actually that was super awesome, Laurel, when you told me that and you didn't know that I was there. And then Laurel's like, oh my God, wait, that's you, you know? And I just shaved my head and I, I had was like so glasses nervous. and a hat on. So I was like incognito, you know? During the story, I was so nervous. I'm thinking, oh gosh. And then you said something negative and then you found out it was her. No. What happened? So we got to tell our listeners. You told so me the story though. I told oh, the you. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's other people who are going to be listening. Yeah, yeah. So That's true. When we were at Queen of the Point, I had bought a new spring suit because I had one that was a hand-me-down and probably at least 15, 20 years old. So I go into Traveler Surf Club. They showed me a couple of things on sale, and then they showed me this. It was like, you know, like the Red Rider BB gun, like the angels sang when they showed me the spring oh, okay, suit. okay, okay. And I was like, oh. And it was hers. Well, right. She said, oh. oh, this is, yeah. Well, they told me it was Cassia's uh, spring suit, and I'm like, oh. Wow. And so they, they showed me to the um, dressing room and I had a couple of things that were on sale. And I was like, oh, they're cute. But then I put on Cassia's suit, which I've put on many uh, O'Neill, Roxy, um, Buell wetsuit. 
pulling up the legs and you know the back of traveler surf club and most places that you're putting on a wetsuit doesn't there's no air conditioning it's warm you're like Ugh. i pull on cassia's suit it's made for a woman's legs like it just pulled right on it just slipped like on. you could get it over those thighs yes that's ma'am. what you're saying yes and then yeah. when i pull up the um the tank top i didn't even i didn't need a suit underneath to hold the girls oh yeah Yeah. it just like well done and the empire waist it was very flattering flattering yeah yeah don't be putting the waist down low so that (laughs) it just accentuates the the problem area (laughs) that's it you know and and you making making it for women and that makes me so pumped to hear you know because i'm in a tent and with some other women, and uh, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe you asked me, how do you like that suit? <laughs> and I'm like, it is amazing. Like, I didn't have, you know, I'd already surfed in it. I was like, I thought it might rub under the arms because it was a tank top. It just, everything worked. And I probably went on for two or three minutes. And finally, she interrupts me and's like, this is my suit. <laughs> I was like what? Oh boy! She I'm... had on a like a sombrero and glasses, and I would have never pulled you out of a crowd, Cassia. But as soon as she said that, I just grab her in a bear hug and like, oh my god, girl, that's a tricky trick, trick though. Could have went and the I other like, way. That's it. I like being incognito, and it was really important for me to hear that. So thank you so much, Laurel. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you make things and you wonder, and obviously your friends like them and whatnot. And when I hear feedback from people that don't know it's me or people write me on Instagram or people write me in the email, it's like that, you know, or I see somebody in the water and they just like, tell me something like that. I'm like, cool. You know, it's like, I try on every suit and I'm like a crazy person back and forth with the factories. Like, Mm. Hey, like no one centimeter at a time. Sometimes like it makes a difference, you know? And so it's like, and I care and it's crazy because like from each, you know, material we're using from each, you know, season to season, like there's different stretches, there's different this. I'm constantly like tweaking things. The rubber feels like butter. It's so good, you know, and it's like, and it's, it's, you know, there's so many other benefits to it as well. You know, it's a lot more conscious and, and I don't want to say sustainable, but it's more, you know, earth, it's earth mind, you know, yeah. in like a, a more conscious way. And then we're also offsetting the carbon footprint by supporting our friends over at Sea Trees with reseeding our kelp forests here in California and mm-hmm. around the world. They're other pro- partners. And so for me, it's like, well, the more that we can do good, the more that we can support these people doing good that we want to support and the more that we can support the ocean and you know all the life that really relies upon the ocean which all life relies upon the ocean really so it's Mm -hmm. like giving back in this way that really feels circular Mm -hmm. and it feels supportive in like every which way so it feels really full-bodied and that's what fires me up you know and yeah people tell me I'm crazy all the time I love it you know I'm like cool. I'll work my butt off. I want to make this stuff, you know? And that's why it means so much to me. Cause it's like, I'm constantly like, everything else is already done. Find your way to do what you want to do, mm. you know? And I think that that's important. And that's like going back to what we want to tell these kids, you know, yes. find your way to make it possible for you. And you don't know where you're going. And life isn't about just doing one thing. And you're going to keep learning if you keep pushing and going back to like what inspires you, what gets you ticking, what gets you fired up. Do that. 
There's no one way. Right. And be, I, I wish somebody would have told me to just be patient and let mm. life come to me a little bit more. You know, because we're all taught to like grab life by the horns and, and all this stuff. But really, as a young person, I felt like I was walking through a dark hallway with a flashlight, you know, and then I would see something and like, oh, maybe I should walk through that door. But it, things were not illuminated in, in that way. There was no real clear direction. So or, just or the be opposite. real patient. Or the opposite, where it's like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, the br- the lights were too bright mm-hmm. in yeah, your, highway, yeah. your uh, hallway. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think it's important. You know, I think it's important to notate. You know, it's like I would freak out. School gave me so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. The idea of taking like an SAT test freaked me out. And I just told my parents, like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm surfing. I'm making my own money. I want to buy a car and go live in it for a while in Australia instead of taking the SATs, instead of going to college and see where I can go with this thing. And they were like, you've always done your own thing. School will always be there. That's right. You You make your own money. You live your own life. You do your own thing. Go for it. You know, they just supported me to go do my thing. And And they always taught me how to work hard. You know, it's like, I've been working and paying my way since I was 15 years old, you know, like before I could drive. And I think that that taught me how to work hard, you know, and it taught me the value of everything. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. And it gave me a lot of character. And it also gave me a lot of confidence in myself. It's probably why your wetsuits are so good. And you're and you're proud of them because you're a hard worker and you're in it from the bottom up. Yeah. Like sniffing each piece of neoprene. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, and, and that's just what I want to like impact on the kids, you know, like things may look like they come easy to certain people and also everyone gets just what they need. No more, no less. You know, everyone has a different path. Everybody's doing whatever they need to do. And it goes back to following your instinct. You know, it's like, I knew I needed to go that way. You know, it's like, and I allowed myself the space. So allow yourself the space to feel, allow yourself the space to be inspired, allow yourself the space to be uniquely you. And And curious, curious, be patient. Mm -hmm. And also just because you walk through one door, like you say, it doesn't mean an mean the ones have closed behind you. You can circle back. You should read Dave Grohl's book. Have you read Dave Grohl's book? I haven't read Dave Grohl's book and I would like to read Dave Grohl's book. That sounds cool. What is it called? It's so good. Uh, Yeah. I'll have to, Storyteller. I think it's called Storyteller. Read it because his attitude is so wonderful. He's like the nicest guy in rock and roll. He has this reputation, which I saw many people call you you the most amazing human in the world kind of thing. So you guys are similarly positive that way. But his story is the same in that he knew he wanted to rock and he was okay not going to college. He was okay with whatever judgments came along with that or whatever. And he lived in the dirty, nasty, stanky punk rock van. And (laughs) he just scratched his way through and, and, you know, avoided a lot of addictions that brought people all around him down, you know, so that was probably his saving grace is that he avoided those horrible addictions, but, um, his story's cool and he's a good writer. So I recommend it. Epic. 
Epic. Thank you for that. It's always good to be inspired by someone and, and communicate. You know, that's why books and podcasts and like conversations like this are so important. Well, this is the time where we drift on into what we call God waters. It's a little Devo part of the podcast where we get a little spiritual. But I'd say we kind of already began the treading over. Well, she's super spiritual. Plugged in. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the advice you were already giving the people kind of um, is similar to where I landed. When I thought about what the Devo would be, I thought of this um, Nigerian director who has a really strong faith and she started out as an actress before she began directing. And she said she would go into these um, casting situations and um, she saw a lot of people around her desperate. And she said she always knew basically in a nutshell, like that God had her back, that she would be, God would bring her where she needed to be and would open the right doors. And she said, desperation leads to manipulation. And I thought, wow. And I kind of heard when, you know, this mom and daughter were telling me about, you know, the path and the difficulty of the path and a lot of the choices that they would have to make on that path could lead to to manipulation or to desperation if you don't really have that listening to who you are Mm -hmm. inside you know like being giving yourself the time and uh focus of the quiet time or or the um patience or as cassia said just listening to your instincts yeah listening to your intuition And for us, we're Jesus lovers. And so we'll go back to scripture. But uh, Psalm 139 says, you're a child of God. You're wonderfully and fearfully made, dearly loved and precious in his sight. I think this is really poignant for an industry like the surf industry, where there's so much emphasis on sex appeal and these kinds of things. And I could see where young girls, especially could be easily manipulated yeah. out of that desperation to reach the next level or be the next thing sure. and not reflecting, like you said, Cassia, on why they're in the ocean to begin with. Just losing sight of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Absolutely. And, and I totally hear you. I mean, it's, uh, if we're making decisions out of fear rather than trust, mm-hmm. if we're feeling not supported, remembering that we are all children of God, you know, child, you know, we are all God. Everything is God. Everything around us is God. Everything is the fact that we're here is a true miracle. So everything's possible. Yeah. So remembering that, remembering that we're supported and remembering to make those choices out of love and enthusiasm and inspiration and trust rather than from a place of fear. Yeah, it's like paddling into that wave that kind of looks like it's going to be this drop into a cliff. That's every wave for me. But then the wave kind of rises up to meet you when you take that leap of faith. Yeah, I'm always Not surprised. Always. <laughs> if I don't eat it, I'm surprised every time. I'm like, what? How'd that happen? I think it's important, too, to have real... People that are modeling those behaviors, though, 
Yeah. Because it, without those models for the behavior, how do you always know that, 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 that those paths exist? So having people at the top that are trickling down the vibe. Yeah. Like y'all might say. That's it. And, and remembering that sometimes we, it's important to test the edges to know where the middle is. And that a surfboard works through tension, the tension of the water and the board and your weight and that inertia. So also learning how to ride that tension a little bit, Mm. knowing that that tension may feel different at certain times. That's so important. You know, without that tension, we wouldn't be dancing across a beautiful way. We wouldn't be painting with it. So remembering that that tension exists and to surrender to it and that it's also giving us more resilience. We're learning through whatever that tension is. So I think that that's something that's also really important. That was a poetic analogy. It was. I love that. We like to, we're, yeah, Laurel wrote a novel. I like to write too. That was good. (laughs) We won't, um, we won't steal that. No, I'm going to steal the crap out of it. Yeah. Just share it around. I just really feel like that, you know, in this moment, it's like, we go through these kind of like portals of tension and that's where creation is. I saw in an article you were echoing that sentiment. You didn't use the word tension, but you were talking about the struggles building you up. And I can definitely relate to that. Um, I do not perform unless stakes are high. I always play down to the competition. So I have to have somebody like uh, uh, John Gardner wrote this, I have to have a brute existence by which to define myself, somebody else to push against, because then I can rise up through that tension, like you're saying. That's what's up. I love that. And, and thank you. And I think that that's so supportive and to lean into it, you know, to lean into that tension, because that's when we like see ourselves. It's like, I always love this quote that you know, um, and I'll just kind of share it really quick because y'all love, you know, writing and everything like that. It's like a person was walking in the park and saw a butterfly struggling to get out of the cocoon and they wanted to help the butterfly. So they went back into their home and got some scissors and came out and helped to cut it out of the cocoon. And then the butterfly fell to the floor and it couldn't fly. It needed that tension for its wings to actually have enough strength to carry it through its life. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, I guess, yeah. That's a perfect thing to to end on, I think. Girls, we got deep. That was awesome. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I would Dang. just reiterate to the um, young people listening and kind of searching for their path. We will put these notes in the in the podcast notes, but listen, be patient, and mm. really kind of as you're growing in your surfing skills, also kind of um, look inward of what, like, what do you really love about this sport and kind of lean towards that, lean towards that. And then look towards some of these ladies like Cassia and Leah who Mm -hmm. are really doing something different than just competing or just doing one thing. I'm going to be honest, too. I want to thank you so much for being on. I enjoyed it so much because normally when Laurel has a surfer on, I get all annoyed because I think we're just going to talk about surfing the whole time. And I don't know why I think it's going to go downhill. Because you're, and- you're a 
uh, you're a, you're a free diver and you because look down I'm a, serving. a snob. <laughs> but same thing with CJ Hobgood. We had him on. I didn't know what to expect, and he, the conversation blew me away. I was so uh, pleasantly yeah surprised. pleasantly surprised at the at the depth. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. And just so you know, in our show notes, we'll link to all your stuff. You know and. Perfect. And have that all Thank in there. Thank you so much. Yeah, sh- we're so, I'm so grateful for both of you having me on. Thank you so much for doing this. You're and, um, you know, please send me everything so I can also help share with my community. And thank you, ladies, so much for having me. Whenever it flows, like, I mean, it was divine timing, so right on. And Woo-hoo. I look forward to the next time we get to share some waves together. Yeah. See you in the water somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, right on, ladies. Have a beautiful evening. (laughs) Maldives, come to the Maldives. You can free dive and surf. I got to go to bed. I got to run tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good night. Talk to you both soon. Have a beautiful evening. Bye. Good night. Thank you, Post Session Podcast listeners. We sure enjoyed having this episode with Cassie and Mater. Yeah. We hope you will leave a review on Apple Podcasts if uh-huh. that's where you listen. And thank you so much. And I, we'll see you next time. Well, we'll hear you. Yeah. Hear you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.